One. So Morgan Stanley talks positive about NVIDIA, saves the market yesterday, major rally. Analysts hop on the bandwagon today, but the S&Ps are down 32 and a half handles because of a Fitch downgrade or potential downgrade at big banks. We got a lot going on. We're still hanging out over last week's low. Let's see how the market reacts to today's information. Cameron Dawson at 835. He has some, she has some great information for us. This is Tuesday, pre-market prop. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We are on the lows of the pre-market session, down 33 and a quarter at 44.72.75. Buck taking a little bit of a breather. Dollar futures down 16 cents at 102.89 and a half. Bonds approaching the low of the move, down 21.30 seconds at 120. Crude pulling back, but still over 80, down a buck 07 at 81.44. Gold in the red by 880 at 1935.20. Silver going the same way, twice as much on a percentage basis. That's down 22 cents at 22.48. Bitcoin futures basically flat at 29,400. What a murky market here, Triple D. You got Nvidia, just strong as can be. You got Fitch pounding on the banks here. Let's make heads and tails of this market uh, on this. Uh, down start to this Tuesday morning. We're in the August chop. We're in the August, um, which we predicted that there's probably going to be some choppy waters. And again, the market gives you so many opportunities to, you know, sell. And what we said is, you know, when you're selling in the hole, it seems like it's not the thing to do because they give you a rally out of the blue. And that's what happened yesterday it was the NVIDIA rally. Um, there's a little pile on action here today, today yeah. but it's impressive, impressive move and an eye-opening move for anybody who's short this market that just like that, you know, you can go, NVIDIA is looking pretty weak and all of a sudden, boom, key reversal the other way. And that's interesting. I'll say that, you know, this, where this show is going to go is going to surprise you very much, at least from my opinion. Uh, but you know, we'll start with the Nvidia and we have some more news here. So give us the news from yesterday, Money Mitch, that really drove this stock, and then obviously the pile on today. All right. Um news from yesterday. Let me grab that. I didn't ha I had the ratings upgrade. Well, the rating, here. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so the news. all right. So the rating upgrade, of course, uh, there's a couple of them jumping on UBS maintaining a buy on Nvidia, raising the price target to five. 40 and then wells fargo going all the way up to 500 on nvidia so of course uh we've been seeing ubs put some uh nice uh price targets as of late of course uh they recently just put one on wayfair that i was like man all right we're gonna push it a little bit higher now they're pushing the levels on nvidia do you guys think it could get to 540 
It's an eye opening for the shorts. I have actually a pair trade on, so full disclosure, I'm long SMCI and I'm short Nvidia, and I just put this on just because I think there could be a catch up trade. But this is a day trade, and I'll get out of this here probably today. Um, we saw SMCI getting lifted by Nvidia too, and I've talked about this AI relationship that not too many people have really identified yet, but it was working. Uh, quietly, Nvidia up, up seven percent yesterday. SMCI was up over five and a half percent, so that's why I'm playing the SMCI. So that's a short-term day trade. There's implications here for the overall market, though, and that is that this AI trade is not dead. This AI trade is probably not going away. Where people have pronounced, you know, it was a bubble. The bubbles burst. It's just like the metaverse. I don't think so. And I think you're going to see this AI trade pick back up. And I think what you've got to do here actually maybe even today is if you want to get involved in the ai trade there are a lot of stocks that have really been beaten up here and some of these are going to be those ai names that have been really beat up some of these stocks down 15 20 percent we called for a correction in the overall market we've got a correction in a lot of stocks you know like your microsoft we know they've pulled back substantially from the highs could a 320 microsoft here you come back i i've kind of feel and this is why it's going to surprise you here, but you've got to listen to the show every day. I kind of feel with NVIDIA's move yesterday that you could spook some shorts yesterday. And I oh, feel like yeah. today with this Fitch downgrade or a potential downgrade of the banks and knocking down the overall market, I actually feel like this is a short-term buying opportunity. So playing the chop, shorting reps, buying dips. But I've been just of the opinion lately of just shorting the reps. Today, I'm probably going to be buying the dip, not only in the trading account, but maybe in the long-term investment portfolio as well, because we've come off. And some of these stocks have come off maybe too far. So I think there's an opportunity here for some of these AI names where you're getting that dip. You know, think about a Unity. You know, think about that stock. It was $50 two weeks ago. It's 36 bucks now. I mean... That's a significant sell-off on a stock that they were saying is going to be part of, you know, this AI move. I mean, you've got over a 50% retracement. Some of these stocks have come down significantly, like very significantly here. I think there's an opportunity here on some names, not everything, because some stuff is really held up. But, you know, get the U.S. Steel potential merger yesterday. There's potential good news out here. So that's why it's hard to be full-on bearish. I think today, I think I'm buying stocks today. That's probably going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think, well, just like from an overall market perspective, um, we're back down in the area that uh, has been tested the last three or four days, and we've come out of here. So if there's one thing that we've learned in this market this year and overall is like support is support, right? And until until it's taken out, you know that you have to treat it as support and if you've been buying the dips off this uh this area right here we were right near yesterday's intraday low uh boom i mean this is we been show the, spy because we're showing yeah oh, oh, i got I have X no up idea there. what you're talking about okay let's show spy yeah right here let's point out which chart and area like when you're point, right point there out i made the, the one big the here, one Joel. big one right here. yeah that's way better i know everybody likes this four chart system i've despised it for a long time and i but we had a Dennis. vote on it but we had a vote on it a year ago and the chat so they like the four charts so we stuck with it um i get confused by the four charts because when you point out levels i don't know which chart to look at but bring it up here um where you're looking here right now right here right here over the last four sessions I'm going to do a horizontal line. I'll put it right here. Perfect. 
That's what we like to see. Simplicity. Show us what you're looking at. Right here. The lows of the last three or four sessions, and I'll put it uh, graphically. You can see it there. They're basically within a, uh, a point, a point and a half. The actual low of the move is 43.35. Yesterday's low was just above that at 44.38. And then the other two were in the upper 44 handle. So, you know, this is what you, I mean, you can't, you know, I can't hit exactly 4.44 and 29.30, you know, or point, point, but whatever. There's there's four lows in the same area that's been acting as support. And here you are after a nice rally yesterday, you're right back at this area. So I, I agree with you on like the overall, you know, sentiment as far as Zibran support. Uh, you know, it's a potential buying opportunity. Uh, but this NVIDIA, I mean, it's had a nice move. Earnings are coming up. It's uh, getting back 50% of this move in like a day and a half can it keep going sure but uh i'll just be looking off the open to see if it can hold this 442 443 area if it does then it can just mosey up to 450 uh but that's just uh it's just a big pop so overall i see your sentiment nvidia of course after this move it's hard to chase but you know there could be other stocks like smci you've you really been thinking about that stock a lot long uh, yeah i mean you 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 put it in your portfolio it looks like it's forming a base you look at unity sometimes you just like you just get rid of all the sellers and that i mean because that was a big move down so not well, chasing nvidia that's my point here is this has been a big move down this has been a big move down for a lot of stocks not for all stocks a lot of stocks you'll send up at the highs but like unity 50 to 35 i mean you know if you loved it at 50 a month ago 35 <laughs> looks a hell of a lot more attractive you've got a pullback on that now and you're right back on unity where you made three lows in the 34 35 area back at the beginning of june so it bounces out of that 35 area. So now you get the pullback here today after it had a pretty good bounce yesterday off that 35. And I think it might be an opportunity here. So I think you could turn around. I'm not going to say they're going to shrug off this Fitch thing with the banks. Banks are looking pretty ugly here. The banks, KRE doesn't look that great. I, I, I'm, I'm, again, I have almost zero U.S. banks in my long-term portfolio because I kind of agree with Fitch on a lot of things there. But I think there's an opportunity on some of these tech names. that We've had a pullback here. And if you think this bull market continues, some of these things are bouncing right where you'd think they would bounce. Bring up Apple. I mean, look at all the lows in June, Joel, 177. So, you know, we can toot the bear horn here all we want, but these stocks are bouncing where they should bounce. That Apple is bouncing right where you had all those lows in June. You're putting in a whole bunch of lows in the same area. If you can get out of this area, and so it's a very, very important day for the market today. If this craters and we start taking out those lows, you got to get out. But I'm saying there's an opportunity here to take a shot. So, and that's all trading is. It's taking shots. And the shot isn't short today. The shot is long today. That's my opinion. Okay. I mean, also, I mean, how many times have you seen, uh, you know, these down opens, uh, you know, get to get at least some kind of sympathetic move off, right? You know, open down. Whereas up moves, a lot of times you have the strong momentum and an up move and you short the open and then you get your head ripped off. But just the propensity of the market with these big lower opens, you know, to find a bid, especially when you're coming into support. So, um, of course, the market, you know, the markets uh, 
uh, you know, have different ways to react to different news. But uh, there you are. I mean, at least if anything, if you're taking shots here, you have identifiable levels to lean on. All right, let's go ahead. Let's you want to move over to the 13 F's? Sure. Sure. All right, let's move over to the 13 F's. Let's talk a little Warren. Look at Warren on our screen, baby. Let's get it going here. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on here. <laughs> as uh we bring Warren likes my charts. Yeah, he okay. does. He does. He he's he's a fan. He's like, come on, come on, Joel. All right, All right let's talk about it. Like, Warren Buffett. I don't know which chart to look at. <laughs> He told you a thousand times. Halfway adjusted his market strategy by investing in oversold home builder sector despite high interest rates. This move hinted an anticipation of potential Fed shifts. The company bought shares in DR Horton, Lennar, and NVR, forming a strategic home building triad. It also increased stakes in Capital One Financial. Occidental Petroleum benefiting from the rise in oil prices in Q3. I have the chart here. This is going to be the largest additions here. Right on the screen, you guys will see a little bit of a bar graph and everything for you guys. So you guys can check out how big these positions are. And then we'll go into some of the technicals with Joel. Of course, uh, Buffett used the bullish market also to sell certain companies like Activision, uh, Chevron, General Motors, Globe Life. Um, also getting out of McKesson um, and some other completely. names here. He's, he's completely out of McKesson now. Mm -hmm. I saw that he sold his entire This stand. is the largest reductions. And so you'll see this on the screen now where you see the largest reductions here. And you see the big bar there in ATVI. I said uh, he took his money and run there in ATVI also. So what do you guys think about these changing of positions? Of course, he still has Apple. We don't got to talk too much about that. Holding 915 million shares. Ooh. As you guys see here, the largest holdings in his 13F filings here, Apple representing 51% of that portfolio, followed by Bank of America and American Express. And obviously a lot of these stocks he's had in there for a long time. That Apple just dwarfs everything though. So. Jeez, look at that. Just unbelievable, like how much, you know, 51%. Again, he the one thing to consider is Berkshire Hathaway also has some private companies here, so we don't see that. So, but it's still, Apple's just dwarfs everything there. I mean, talk about lack of diversification there. It is Apple. I, I been, mean, been the right call, though. I mean, Apple's been a, an unbelievable a little part stock. Of me. I, I don't know why, you know, he's real still willing to pay buying more or whatever, you know, recently and still willing to pay 30 times earnings. It just doesn't winning. seem like. It doesn't seem like a reasonable price anymore. I love Apple. Growth is there. Value was there when it was 15 times, 16 times, 20 times, 22 times. It got to 25 times. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. It's 30 times. So I don't get it, but maybe it continues. What I think is amazing is that what, you know, you've looked at the chart of what Apple's done since its earnings report, and this is 51% of his holdings. And then look at, look at Berkshire. I mean, it's just, but, you know, it made the all-time high. Yeah. No. Yep. It, 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 it's been, I've said this, and I trade Berkshire Hathaway. Actually, it was Trader Bright. I was talking with this morning. They're like, is Berkshire move with the market? And I was like, Berkshire just does its own thing. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes it does. Sometimes it moves opposite the market. It does not move with its holdings whatsoever anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just completely disconnected. They see it as almost defensive. So some days Apple can be down like 2% of Berkshire's green. And I'm like, that makes zero sense. 
But that's what the market does. It used to trade logically, but this market doesn't trade on logic. It trades on story, and they see Berkshire as defensive, and they see Berkshire as winning no matter what. So Ber- Apple falls, you know, 10% from the highs, and Berkshire still sits up at the highs. <laughs> Welcome to this market in 2023, where they give zero craps about most fundamentals, and they give zero craps. It's all about story. And Berkshire has Warren Buffett, and Warren Buffett is still a story. Has he really taken some new positions or taken new bets? I mean, at least he, well, since just I've been in the market. It's a, it's a good segue builder. into what he just did. So bring yeah. it up. He's buying home builders here. So he's going <laughs> yeah. more value. You can see here, like these are low PE stocks. Again, these are cyclical. So, you know, he's not scared. He, you know, he thinks the cycle is obviously going to continue. I mm-hmm. see a lot of homes building around me. I see stuff happening here still. So he's taking a new stake in DHI, Lenar, and NVR. So three home builders, new stakes. They're all up this morning because, man, if Warren Buffett buys, you got to buy too. So DHI is trading up 126. It's up two and a half bucks. These are down from where they were last night because the overall market rolled over. Lenar is only up 60 cents here now. NVR is a $6,000 stock. I don't trade $6,000 stocks. The liquidity is just not there to get in and out of them well. So $6,000 stocks are not for me. But the other two I do trade. They're trading up. They were trading up significantly on last night. They pulled back a little bit with the overall market, but Buffett's still looking for value. And take, you know, keep in mind this is what he's been doing. This it's like it's not like he bought yesterday, right? This is what he's done over the last quarter. So he's probably got some good, you know, some pretty good prices he in here. Uh just real quick on a on a technical note, I see the pre-market high in uh and DR Horton right at 127. But if you're looking for more. Uh, you got a quad top at 128. The uh, the upper right chart is your daily chart. You can see the four highs uh, in the same area. Didn't quite get there. So not only for today, uh, but longer term, keep an eye on the 128 level uh, for Lennar. Uh, but wow, Lennar has a quad top too at the uh, at the 127 and a half level. So the other thing too with these Warren moves and the you know if you buy something and it opens way up, you want that immediate follow through on some of the stuff that he sold that's down and you're shorting it. You know a lot. You just want you want instant gratification off the open. Uh, the Oxy, I mean, he's just been. He's just been timing that well, Dennis. I mean, every time it came down to that 57, 58 area, he has his spot. He's been picking it. And um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm out of the oxy now. If it comes back to the $58 buy zone for Warren, I will buy more as well. It's been a great trade for us multiple times there. You're just blindly buying a 58. You maybe took a little heat to 56. But you know mm-hmm. what? Here you're off seven bucks again. And there was lots of day trades in there, lots of overnight trades in there. There was just that when you find a buy zone for a big whale like that, those that just works. That goes right back to when we started trading years ago and we used to lean on institutional orders. They'd have them in the book and this big fish is sitting there. And I'm like, well, it's going to have a lot of trouble going through that area because it's just a big fish buying there. They used to show their orders. Well, they don't show them anymore. They use algos. They use different things. But you find those big fish and you know about those big fish. It's hard to fight those big fish. And again, Oxy, if you were buying that $58 area, you're making money. Quick comment on that. I was talking about that yesterday on live trading that, you know, 
like I feel like day trading, I talk about like, let's try to maybe trade like the algos. But when I think investing, especially more long term, I'm trying to trade more like the institutions. Right. And I think that that makes sense there uh, in that outlook. And I think that I, I got to be the full transparent. I was completely wrong on the home builders throughout this whole environment. I think we all were. But the truth is wrong. it didn't make sense. Right. High interest rate environment high inflation you know no supply but i mean hey you could see it housing stayed strong we never got really weakness in it you could look at the itb that thing's been an absolute monster and i'll tell you one thing i can't bet against home construction i look around my city and i see nothing but apartment buildings being built up and Stuff houses being built up and mm -hmm. so definitely not going to bet against this area it's, it's an argument for steel. Like, and I mean, we, you know, yeah, obviously should have made this argument last week, right? but there's a reason, you know, Cleveland Cliff's coming and buying or trying to buy U.S. steel. And there's a reason, you know, that they're beating down value names. I mean, we look at the P's on this things, five, six, seven, and everybody's expecting the cycle to just collapse and the recession's going to hit all these stocks. Well, what if that doesn't happen? These stocks are dirt cheap and Cleveland Cliff's making a bet that it's not going to happen when they're coming out and trying to buy U.S. steel. And then Cleveland Cliffs rallies yesterday, too. I think for a lot of the reasons that I was talking about when it was down to 14, I was like, this could be a target as well. So, you know, you got Cliffs and X and then just get scooped up by one of the bigger ones. So I do think, like, that's the reason that Cliffs was rallying, despite them being the potential acquirer, which you never see. So I it's just stuff still going on. It's busy out there. There's stuff going on. It's why you can't just get on full bear full bearish. Here. I know. Bears really. And on this show, we've been pretty bearish over the last couple of weeks. I'm telling you, I'm trying to turn here a little bit. I'm getting a little bit, starting to nibble back into some stocks. We called for a correction, a 10% correction. We got more than that in a lot of stocks. So I think well, you got to start thinking about maybe, just maybe, we're not going to go into this full-blown recession. Well, let's go to the bear of all bears, right? My man, Michael Burry, of course, stepping mm -hmm. up to Barry. the plate. Barry. Uh, <laughs> stepping up to the plate here and uh, doing some short. Um, of course, these were open in June, so we don't know if he's still holding these. And I think that this is the hardest thing about the 13 Fs. You have no idea what's gone on since they probably opened or closed the positions. Yeah. But these are some big puts on the market in the queues and the spy and now it's kind of a question who's going to be right here i mean uh is it going to be the big short again he's he he hasn't been right for a long time let's yeah. be honest here he had his day he called you know the financial the housing crisis unbelievable call he made a lot of money in a name for himself doing that but lately it's been tough ride for the bears i've tried to be on the bear train it's been a tough ride it's been working for the last two weeks but i think it probably stops working again at some point in time and the bulls take control of this market again bears have been in control barry's betting on this obviously you know collapsing you know when you're you're getting that you know you're, you're putting 90 percent of your portfolio all in puts you're obviously really convicted that we have an imminent collapse coming Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be wrong. I don't think we have an imminent collapse coming. We could go sideways for a bit, and that'll kill his puts too. How long are they out? Do we know? Like how long you bought them out for? Do no, we know, like, you don't. You don't. You just get you just see puts and yeah, you just get market we value. Don't know if it's like two years out or six months out or or if they're leaps. Okay.
Well, the one thing that I would say is the only thing that I could see Michael maybe trying to make a bet on is that he sees more political unrest maybe coming back into the market. That's the only thing that I could see him maybe betting China that this is going to come down. Market. If there was yeah. ever an invasion of Taiwan, the entire market collapses. That's that's, that's the only thing that that's I would it. be worried about like that. But that is one thing that I would say about the cues, though, is I feel like you're 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 getting there, Dennis. But I think you just might be a little early in my eyes, at least technically wise, because... I want the cues to start getting back above their nine EMA where the price action starts to look bullish, right? I mean, we now have a nice pattern to go off of a bullish engulfing candle. Can we get through that hot? That's just what I'll say. And I think that I don't want to be too early on the game on both sides, too big, short, too big, long. I feel like we're in this sideways period and I don't want to get caught too much making bets here. That's just my outlook. I love the double bottom yesterday, the QQQ, 364, yeah, 369, of 364, 70, right on the penny. Yeah. And the NVIDIA blast off saves us. I do think shorts are spooked from yesterday. If I was short this market, and I have not been short this market, you know, I've been neutral, trading market neutral, a little bit more cash. But if I was short this market after yesterday's move in NVIDIA, I would look at today's sell-off and say, holy cow, gift from the trading gods. Thank you very much, fetch. I'm covering in those shorts. And that's why I think this market could go green today. All right. It's, just, it's on support. I mean, just going back mm -hmm. to what I said for, you know, for the cues, a couple lows in the same area, the spy. I mean, it's on support. If you're, it's all about, you know, identifying an area of support or resistance, making a plan, you know, based on that. And right now, I mean, it's, and I, I can remember a couple other different uh, periods, uh, like during COVID and like there would be an area and I really didn't see anything on the, on the weeklies, right? I didn't really see anything on the monthlies, but the, you know, the SPC, they just kept going to that level, bouncing, going to that level, bouncing. And you thought, okay, the time is now we're going to crack this support area. And we never did. So, um, you know, big windfall, especially that I was like, it's a close yesterday. I mean, you had to be thinking, okay, man, they got us back over 4,500. We're going to establish a bid over 4,500. At one point, we were up by 10 or 12 handles. And then China comes out with things, you know, with uh, the surprise rate cut. China's looking weak. And then you get this Fitch thing and it evaporates. So it's basically a reset of the last three or four days. All right, let's talk about the Finch thing because we really haven't gone into it. Let's really quickly uh, talk about what's going on here. So Finch is warning that they may be forced to downgrade dozens of banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, but another one-notch downgrade of the industry score from AA to A-plus would force Finch to reevaluate ratings on each of more than 70 U.S. banks that it's covered. And this was given by an analyst. He also stated that if we were to move to A+, then it would recalibrate all financial measures and would probably translate into negative rating actions. I've been seeing, of course, uh, I've been seeing, of course, uh, the KRE look really weak as of late. Um, and this is when I got to start calling concern because I was seeing this before the catalyst came in, almost like if they knew what was coming. And now you're starting to see some real weakness come in. And I posted this on Twitter on Friday, not necessarily even yesterday. I like the banks. I mean, I'm just not a fan of investing in the banks. I trade them all the time. I have some day trades on some banks here right now. But from an investing standpoint, I've said this before. I went through the financial crisis and watched all those banks collapse. And the only one that ever came back was JP Morgan. So 
Um, I'm just not a fan of investing in banks. They're perennial. They're, they're, they're just outperformers forever. You can sit there. If you really want yield, go to the treasuries here right now. I know Citigroup's got a 4.87% dividend. You're like, oh, that's a great dividend. Go to the treasuries if you want yield. The banks just aren't safe. They've never been safe. They weren't safe after the financial crisis. It's just not safe money. So I just think it's just so many better places to be. There's no AI story here unless you just think we're all AI tellers, which whatever, that's whatever story. Sure, that's already that's existed for 20 years. We've had you know automated tellers. So I just think, why the banks? So I'm not a fan of the Fitch move here because you know they're they've, they've been torpedoing this market here for the last two weeks with mm-hmm. obviously the move on the regionals. Now we get the moves going to be on the majors here too. Fine. They've been so late to the party with everything, though. I mean, where were they back in, you know, February or March before the regional crisis happened? You know, then they get their eyes opened to, you know, maybe there is some concerns. We get a rally in these things. Now they downgrade them. So analysts, you know, just trying to come in and downgrade just like an analyst would, you know, selling the rip really in the banks. But I'm just not a fan of banks at all. Uh, boy, oh boy. There, I mean, the setups are there. I mean, these charts are still, they're still looking okay. Uh, full disclosure, I did pick up some, uh, JP Morgan, uh, during the, um, uh, March and April swoon. I don't, I mean, I, I, I think about it. I'm like, man, oh man, it's up here near all time highs. I'm going to try and hold on to it. Uh, big area for JP Morgan right here, right? You went up off the high. I mean, you know, new high for the move. He came back to the 152 and a half area. That's where you're trading right now. I just think with this, if you lose the 152 and a half, there's really nowhere to go. So uh, let's see if the bulls could support it there at 152 and a half. Don't think we're going to see your closing price at 5477 unless you get a big rep. But uh, they don't support a support until it's taken out the KRE for as much. I mean, it's still, I mean, it got through that 45 and got close to 50. Now it's coming back down. I mean, all, all things considered with the, what the ratings have gone on the last couple of weeks, see, still up relative, much well, closer. Well. To the, yeah, still much closer to the high of the move than the low of the move. All right, let's go ahead. We will talk about what's about to hit here at 830. We're going to get okay. retail sales coming in here month over right month now. and year over year. It's about to hit right now. I'm trying to grab them here as they come in. Still don't have them there. Got retail sales month over month coming in at 0.7% versus a 0.4% expected. So prior was 0.2. So a nice little jump there in retail sales. Uh, export prices also at 0.7 versus 0.2. So showing a nice little jump there. Core retail sales also at 1% versus a negative 0.3 estimate. So showing strength here in the retail sales. Um, and it's actually pretty decent here. New York Empire State Manufacturing coming in at negative 19 versus a negative 1. How are we getting the first reactions here, Joel? Uh Back down to the lows of the session here, uh, 44.71. So even that uptick, I guess, if they're looking at that, um, is inflationary. Uh, but here, we're just, the consumer is still spending. I mean, like the impending yeah. doom, and I think that's what these banks are looking at. I, I just, I don't think it's like right now, you know, like it's like, you know, everything, the economy is falling off a cliff. People are still, that, that's actually a nice number. People are out there still spending. People are so, still spending money. Yep. It's a bottom line. The concern for this market, there are red flags all over the place still. TLT breaking down oh, and trying to break man. down to a new 52-week low is a serious problem for this market. So I think if you're buying the dip, you still have to be selective here. 
it's about select, you know, but I still think that AI story gets hot here again at some point in time. And with NVIDIA, the move yesterday was really an eye opener for me. So that's why I kind of went from the bear camp to selective buying here of some stocks. Yeah, I, 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 I can see the SMCI. I can see that coming back. My biggest thing with NVIDIA is just, there's just so much questions in these earnings that are coming up. I don't know if people believe that they're going to be able to meet the numbers that they're going to be able to hit because everybody else has not given us that kick-ass AI number. I'm waiting to see if NVIDIA is going to be that one. Well, we'll everybody believes out. it because the stock is up. The question is going to be correct. So everybody yeah. thinks this thing's going to blow it away again or the stock wouldn't be where it is. I mean, it's the most resilient tech stock. That's yeah. unbelievable. And that is out there. There's none yeah. that have done what NVIDIA. I mean, it just started to look weak and then they buy it all back in one day. So, I mean, Microsoft, we're talking about moves from the high. Microsoft is now. That's the one that needs to change, I think. 320, 370. My, man, my it's, like 12, it's like 12. It's like 12%. off the highs. I have so 12, 15 12.5. What is it? The highs. I have 12.5. Okay. I'm measuring 12, it out. Give them all. Go through them all right now. It's a good exercise. Microsoft yeah, 12.5 from the highs. What's Apple from the highs? All right. So I got you. trying to air math it. You no, no, I got right you. That, that, I got a nice this? little tool for it. So show that's this? about 10%. Yeah, I can share my screen here. And so I, I have a little measuring tool that I, all I got to do is just click. And so yeah, I like I click near the high that I can just pull down and see yeah. where we're at right now. It's about 10.2 um, from the highs. 10.2 um, on Apple. Google is almost on the highs. So yeah, yeah, Google and Google and Amazon, but they bored Amazon late to the party. Either. It's almost yeah, that's about 2.49, about 2.5. Yeah. Amazon also probably close to that 2.5. What about also. Tesla? Um, that's about three percent for Amazon. Tesla's yeah, a lot. More, yeah, a lot right? let's, more. Let's let's read that one's pretty good. That one's 20 20.5 or 20.6. over 20 percent off the highs. Mm-hmm. So that's a Netflix. pretty good. Netflix. That's another nice one that's been going down here. Let's read that. And that's about 12.5 on the bottom end of today. Action. And then the, the expansion below from yesterday, 13.6. What's NVIDIA off the highs? When? Yesterday right, or today? Yeah, well, just yeah, 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 right now, where is it off the highs? Right now, it's about 7%. 7%. Yeah. And where we went down to? was 16.19 yeah so it got down there and then they just ripped them higher so i just wonder if nvidia is in a, a, a isn't a look into the future of what's going to happen with all these other mega caps that if microsoft isn't going to start to find buyers here and apple isn't going to start to find buyers again i mean i just i wonder this and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like i want to be buying tech stocks in this pullback i'm not buying banks okay I don't want to own like again. It's reasonable. You got to find like reasonableness if you're putting them in your long-term portfolio, and that's the trouble here. Is some of these stocks just aren't reasonable valuations. It's probably why Google's held up as well as it is, and Meta have held up as well they are because they're actually reasonable valuations. It's a tricky market. It's a very very tricky market to call. Let's get Cameron to see what she thinks about this because this market is one of the toughest markets to call here right now. Let's get to it, guys. Hit the like button. Let's keep going. Good morning to Cameron Dawson, Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth. Cameron, 
you gotta help us out here. We're looking. You hear us going back and forth. Dennis, you can tell, like, in his voice, like, he's seeing. He wants to buy the dip. He's looking to pull back to uh, the 50 days. So you have some, you said some charts over with some great technical mm -hmm. indicators. So talk to us. How are we going to figure out if this is just another buy the dip opportunity or the big bad bears like Michael Berry are right? Yeah, well, I think to, to Dennis's point, which is that would you rather buy a name that might be oversold in an uptrend or would you rather buy a name that's overbought in a downtrend, which is what the banks are. And then the former is what the tech stocks are. The problem is what you have with the tech names is this run that's been primarily driven by valuation, which does make it sensitive to sentiment, it makes it sensitive to interest rate movements, and that you've had this extreme inflow as well into the tech sector. It's pretty wild that the spread of inflows over the last year is some like 28 billion into tech, 20 billion out of energy, which is just a huge gap. So you know positioning is already on the side of tech, mm -hmm. But if you're looking from a trend perspective, that oversold in an uptrend uh, tends to work a heck of a lot better than overbought in a downtrend. I love you. I, uh, I think that's where I'm talking is more trading perspective here. I was like, is there a trade here? Is there that opportunity where, you know, NVIDIA's move yesterday brings out some of the bottom feeders here again? I feel like there is that potential for that. I'm with you on valuation too, though. I mean, this Apple and Microsoft, are just so stretched from where they have historically have been from a valuation perspective. It makes me hesitant to put those stocks in my long-term portfolio, but could they bounce as trades? That's a different story. Well, if you're looking this morning, it, it certainly isn't that inspiring, right? If we're just looking at the tech names, you oversold NASDAQ or Russell 1000 growth got sold below its 50-day moving average, rallied right up to it yesterday, including NVIDIA, right? No news, has a massive rally, light volume, brings it right back to its 50-day, and futures are indicating lower this morning, which is sort of one of those like denied, you know, you don't get above the 50 day and you might have some more churn before you get the full washout. That's when you would look to things like the August 2022 high for the S&P is an important support level, I think around 43.25. And that's kind of close to where we are in our 100 day to and 200 days is quite a bit lower. But I think that those probably levels are in play if we can't get above this 50 day in the short term where we have a little bit more digestion to be had okay all right so the s p i got the chart up here that is uh just relative just above it's uh it's 50 day and then i pull up the nasdaq here and you did fall below it now what what happens today uh you know could be a big determinant but uh it's a it's a big it's a big day for the market right whether you look at it i mean I, it's just amazing i'm looking at like nvidia up 10 bucks here um and everything else is down is down nvidia has saved the market yesterday i don't know if you could do it again today so are you looking for like the nasdaq i see the 50 day at 13 uh 782.26 so that's your pivot area right if it can retake that the bulls are back perhaps going back to the highs of the move is it if not are you looking for more because i can extend it down to the 100 day whoo, whoo, whoo. that would be quite a fall yeah, and that was one of the things I looked at this weekend, which is that you know the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Which I, I believe uh, I believe is a pitbull quote. So uh, I, when we looked at 
what we saw with the tech names is you had these huge rallies higher, which just makes them more susceptible to the drawdowns or kind of the, it makes the correction potential be larger, doesn't necessarily dent their trends on a medium term or long term basis, but it does mean it's that you just have further room to fall simply because you ran so much higher. If you go back to that August high or late July high, you were trading up at for the NASDAQ, 25% above its 200-day moving average. That's a really great gut check of when you've become very overbought, meaning that you're so far extended above your long-term trend uh, that it typically is indicative that you're about to have a digestion period in front of you. Okay, let's move on to divergence in the market. That's something that you know we always like to keep an eye on. Money's coming out of one sector. It seems like it's going in uh, another place. Why don't you talk to us about the, the beta divergence in the market? Yeah, I think this is really important, which is that oftentimes we like to see high beta lead out of a market low. Certainly that was the case in 2020. And we saw some bursts of high beta outperformance over the course of 2023. And, and beta are names that go up more when the market goes up. But it also is a catch all for some of the more speculative high momentum tech names, uh, names that tend to have much bigger movements on the upside than they and bigger movements movements on the downside. So what's interesting is that we saw a similar pattern as we saw in 2021, where beta made a new high in late 21, but it wasn't confirmed by a new relative high versus the market, meaning that yes, it was going up, but it wasn't going up as much as the market, losing some of that relative momentum. And something similar happened in 2023, where yes, we saw the new year-to-date high in beta back this summer, but it wasn't confirmed by a relative high versus the market. And that's important because remember, beta is, is things that tend to have amplified moves versus the market. So this divergence would argue possibly that you're still in a little bit more of a digestion period for beta. You need to take some of these, these stocks off the boil when they've had big moves. A name like ARC, you know, the ETF was up some 45% over a month and a half. That probably has more digestion to come. Uh, and it speaks to that the higher risk portions of the market, as they churn and get out some of the, the froth that they had in the short term, it likely pretends sort of a sideways chop for the market from here, um, kind of in a best case. That might be where we go is the sideways action. I think like, I'm very torn. A lot of times I'm convicted one way or another. A couple of weeks ago, I was more convicted on the sell side. Now we've sold off significantly on a lot of stocks. Now I feel like the digestion period is maybe what we need. I mean, ARC, you know, just fell 20% in 10 days. So is it going to bounce right back? Probably not because it's people who are overhead supply, people who are underwater. But at the same time, it's, you know, coming around to where the 50% retracement of the entire move was. So probably find some support in here too. So maybe sideways chop is what we're in store for Cameron. I kind of like that. Yeah. And even if we're thinking about it from a momentum perspective, I don't show the MACDs here, but one thing that's interesting is that longer term momentum started to turn positive this summer. So a monthly MACD looking and saying that the move that we had in the market did a lot to restore some of the trend that was, was hurt during 2022. But then the short term momentum turned decisively negative in mid July, meaning that as the market kept growing 
higher, you're actually seeing momentum fall. And that was another important divergence to say, ah, there's probably some digestion to come. So it's that short term, yes, we're still needing to digest and shake out some weak hands, let sentiment come off the boil. But medium term, you've had some distinct improvement in trend and momentum that shouldn't be ignored. I want to hop in here, Cameron. I've been focusing a lot on AI. And of course, I've been saying this line, show me the money, right? Because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of hype out there with AI, um, but I don't see the actual revenue showing up on the bottom line. I mentioned, uh, of course, we talked about Microsoft CFO mentioning how AI would gradually come to the bottom line. A lot of people were looking at NVIDIA analysts saying that they could generate $300 billion in AI revenue by 2027. Do you see this even capable? Well, it is very interesting that NVIDIA is a special case, and we know that. I mean, it is the it's it's like the monopoly provider of the picks and shovels. So what a what a privileged position to be in for NVIDIA. Um, and I think the other thing to remember is, you know, NVIDIA's customers, um, those are people actually spending money and having to invest in these in this kind of technology and chips. So it's it's a question of does the revenue of what they're investing in actually materialize and what does that mean for the bottom line? But even if you look at a company like Microsoft, which probably has the most uh, mature development of its AI strategy from a big company and saying, this is how we're going to make money from it. Those earnings estimates have only gone up by about 5%. You compare that to the movement of the stock, obviously it absolutely trounces the, that movement in earnings. So again, even for a name like Microsoft, where you could say, this is how they're going to make money from AI, maybe we're underestimating it, but we'd be underestimating it a lot compared to the movement in the stock. If you look at tech broadly, what you see, and I think I included a chart in that, is that yes, you are seeing because of this AI and some better things in, in sentiment from corporate spending and, and you know advertising spend isn't included in, in the tech sector that's in the comm sector. Uh, so Google not included in this. But what we're seeing is that, yes, earnings estimates are going up, but just slightly. They're going up about 5% for the sector in 23 and another 5 or so percent in 24. And there's a bigger jump in 2025, uh, but that's an out year number. And, and that's effectively assuming that between now and 2025, we never have a recession or a bigger growth slowdown. So it's not showing up in the numbers yet. But of course, this has never been just about the numbers. It's been about optimism. It's been about positioning. So uh, eventually you would hope that it would show up. But for now, it's not. I'll still be looking for that the, that money. Well, they'll show me the money eventually. <laughs> we'll, we'll look for it. Let's talk about the reasons for this rally and, uh, you know, just uh, the valuations going up, right? You, you put in a nice chart here. Valuations drive upside to 2023 equity prices. A lot of optimism here. Uh, just in the context of this chart, talk about our Q2 earnings season and uh, uh, what we could be looking at for Q3. Yeah, one of the things that has been the most surprising this year is the relative lack of earnings estimate volatility. So I think in the next chart, I show uh, how earnings estimates have been pretty much flat all year. Huh. 
Uh, they've just gone in. A, they, they've not been revised barely at all. Just little nudges. And the reason that's interesting is that in prior times where we've had big market moves, a year like 2022, for example, to the downside, earnings estimates got revised lower pretty materially. If you look at earnings estimates for 23 over the course of 2022, they were cut almost 10 percent, uh, which really did contribute to the downside move in the market. The inverse is true if you look at 2020 or 2021, where earnings were revised up significantly, contributing to the upside move in the market. So when we look at started in 2021, earnings estimates were expected to be 20% growth for 21. They ended up being over 40% growth for 2021 that earnings revision up cycle boosted the market. So the thing that's the most interesting this year is that you're seeing zero movement on the earnings front and all of the movement to the upside from an aggregate perspective, of course, there's names with earnings revisions up and down, but from an aggregate perspective is all coming from valuation expansion. This gets particularly interesting then when you contrast it with what we've seen within the interest rate market, what you see within real rates and real rates pushing higher. We saw real rates hit a new high yesterday of 1.8% or over 1.8% on the 10-year real interest rate. If you had asked me at the beginning of the year, would you see real interest rates make a new cycle high and you saw tech stocks return back to their 2021 peak levels? I'd say absolutely not. Those two things don't happen. Uh, so I think that it is interesting that you've seen this breakdown between real interest rates and valuations, mostly for growth in tech. And I think a good question is, does that relationship start to come back into play? Meaning that if interest rates continue to climb, look at the 10-year continuing to climb higher, does that eventually impact valuations? Which I think we can argue when they got to 20 times on the S&P 500, we're pretty much priced for perfection. So it's not to say that you can't have market upside in that scenario. It just has to come from earnings. But as I showed, earnings aren't budging. So I think that that's why we're one of the reasons why we're seeing this correction. It might actually mean that it's more shallow, though, because it's not coming with an earnings revision down cycle, meaning that you don't get a 2022 type correction out of this because earnings aren't being cut where it's more about the valuation just kind of coming back in from really heavy territory. When the market's getting nervous, a lot of times they'll go to uh, the defensive stocks, right? And our utilities. I mean, we're showing this uh, chart right here. Uh, doesn't look like the market, uh, you know, investors are taking on that uh, defensive stance here. Talk about uh, no bid for the defensives. Yeah, utilities versus staples is such an important intermarket analysis tool for uh, people to use and watch because what it shows you is a bid for that duck and cover trade. Utilities outperforming the market have almost always, there's been a few exceptions over the last decade or so, have outperformed when people are going full risk off. So it's interesting that we've seen this pullback. We've seen 7 8% pullback in something like the NASDAQ, but it has not resulted in better performance for the utilities. And usually this is better performance by utilities going down less than the rest of the market. Sometimes they do go up while the market goes down, but usually it's them going down less. So that just shows you that we're not at the point yet of 
fear. And we're not at the point yet of growth fears. This is more of a, to get bring it back to that earnings and valuation, this is more about valuations coming back into normal territory versus earnings getting revised lower because utilities are considered to be stable earnings, very predictable earnings streams. So I think it's interesting you're not seeing a bid for defensives yet. We'll watch it really closely. Uh, you're back down to, I believe, the 2020 one lows in relative performance of these utilities versus the rest of the market. So you could be you could be kind of like setting the groundwork for maybe a bit of a rebound. Um, and I think that that rebound likely would come at a moment where you actually see indiscriminate selling. And that's one thing we haven't seen uh, this correction is just get me out. I don't yeah, care. Everything. Sell across yep. the board. And it's not happening yet. We'll see. All right, what's the bond market trying to tell us? Or they don't they know what they, what or they don't know what they're talking about? A lot of times, you know, bonds leading the market, bonds going lower, looking at the inflation picture. Just talk about uh, uh, the what what the bond market is trying to tell us. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's this brave new world where the bond market is effectively giving us this higher for longer message. If we're looking at the two year, the two year moved significantly higher yesterday, which was really interesting. Um, but then, of course, we're seeing this March higher in 10 year yields, which reflects not only higher inflation expectations, uh, but also the higher term premium of this question about do you have continued higher issuance from um, from the Treasury? as well as less demand, and the, probably the demand side of things is the most important, as well as less demand from foreign buyers, as well as the Fed, right? The Fed is not buying treasuries because it's doing QT. Uh, it's not doing QE like it was over the last decade or so. Uh, but we're seeing less demand from possibly from Japanese buyers, which are the second largest holders of treasuries because of Japan's tweaking of yield curve control. And look at the GDP number that Japan printed overnight it's 6% GDP growth. This is more and more making yield curve control look like an unsustainable and way too easy of a policy. And if we continue to see weakness in the yen and yen possibly breaking through that 150 level, that could force the Japanese Central Bank, the Bank of Japan to ease that yield curve control even further, tolerate higher yields, which on net would reduce the demand for treasuries and could continue to keep that upward pressure on long-term yields. So there were a lot of bets this year that you'd see 10-year yields go back to 3% and below because we were going to have a recession and we were going to have easier Fed policy. And those bets um, are, it's moving absolutely against them. So a lot of calls for people going long duration this year saying, oh, lock it in above 4%. We're great to go. Um, and it seems like people are getting caught off sides by that uh, because of all these movements in macro. Cameron Dawson, Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Thanks a lot, Cameron. We'll dial you up again soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Cameron. All right. Let's get back to the market. How are we looking, Joel? In All the right. ES, are we still uh, leaking since you know, that retail it's, number? It's a battle. It, it's really a battle of the bulls and the bears. The bulls are looking at NVIDIA, which is the only stock on my front page, which is up. It's up 1.84%. And it's just we're, we're in an area of support. So the bulls know exactly what they have to do. They have to defend the low for the last three or four days. And, you know, I don't know about getting back to unchanged today, but just getting back to those multiple closes right around 4,500. So we're dipping, but they just keep buying the dip so far here in the pre-market. Dennis, what are you seeing in the equities? Tech that's holding up well. 
Yeah. Today it's tech. And you can see clearly that most of the tech stocks are not even down as much as the S&P, which is normally when you see that, it means tech's going to lead us out of here. So NVIDIA, like you said, is very strong. But majority of tech stocks here, Microsoft, Apple, Meta, Google, are all not down as much as SPY. SPY is down because the banks are getting shellacked. SPY is down because the value trade is kind of getting hit here today. SPY is not down because of tech. Tech is holding up fairly well. Now, again, tech is down. So be like, what are you talking about? We're looking at, you know, normally on a day when the S&Ps are down 0.68%, Microsoft's down one, Apple's down 1.1. They're down usually more. And Mm -hmm. that's not the case today. They're down less. Qs are down less than SPY, 0.56% versus 0.68%. It's telling you, there's actually a little bit of hunger this morning for tech. Not for anything else, but I think tech turns this market around. All right, let's get one in here. Uh, we didn't get all to the earnings reports today, but at least let's touch Home Depot here as they're pulling back a little bit. Let's give their numbers. Home Depot EPS here at $4.65, beat to $4.46 estimate. Sales of $42.92 billion, beat to $42.25 billion estimate. They announced a $15 billion share repurchase authorization. Comparable sales were actually down 2% year over year. And comparable sales in the U.S. also down 2%. Um, so it looks like customer transactions were also down here. Um, the only thing that was up was average ticket, and it was just 0.01%. They did still reaffirm their fiscal 23 outlook. And, of course, this stock has already run a pretty good amount since that 300 lift. But we were looking at it. It's been to 330s and a little bit higher. I, I could see this pulling back some. This could go either way. It's a really tough stock to call here. The report was okay, but like you said, when you look at the comps, they weren't great. It's wishy-washy, but then you got home builders all ripping today because of Buffett buying them, and you think, well, the home builders yeah. buy stuff from Home Depot. So yeah, that's it's true. Kind of all linked in <laughs> together to a certain extent. So we got a home builder trade going on here today, maybe trying to hold up Home Depot to a certain extent here. The comps weren't great. The earnings were fine. Sales, everything was it was okay. We'll just say it was okay. This could go either way today. This is like a no touch for me because I have no feel for this. Uh, right. The bulls have to step up at 328, uh, 328.50. That was uh, the area of the last three lows. The last two a little bit below it. The other one closer to 329. Three lows in the same area. It's support. Support is support is taken out. If you get a rally, look to see if you can go green at 29.95 that's right near a nice round number of 330 so uh we'll see i'm sure there'll be uh, uh plenty of action but uh right now i'm looking at uh the uh home depot holding this 328.50 off the open well Dennis we've been, we pretty much been spent the majority of the show like in a pretty much in a 8 9 10 point range uh get up near 4480 with feet uh we fade a little bit We've come down to the intraday low from the yesterday and all the lows that we've taken about. What kind of what kind of cues are you going to be looking uh, at off the open to see if this is just another buy-the-dip opportunity here? We've all here. seen the cues. The cues are in NVIDIA, up 1.8% here again. So keep an eye on that. Cues, if NVIDIA rolls over and goes red, and full disclosure, I have a short position on NVIDIA, but I'm long SMCI against, which is not working at all this morning. Hoping it's going to turn around after the open because nobody plays that relationship, but then sometimes they think about it after the fact. But I mean, if NVIDIA holds up well and on some of these other tech stocks continue to hold up, this market will hold up. It's just too much tech in the SP. 
So what you need if you're a bear is you need NVIDIA to roll over today. That is if you're a bear. If you're a bull, you want to see NVIDIA hold on. You want to see it drag up the other stocks. So it's all about NVIDIA today, even though we had Home Depot earnings and we, you know, we've got, you know, Walmart and Cisco and some other companies coming up, but it's all about NVIDIA right now. Can NVIDIA turn the market around yesterday? Can yeah. it do it again? That's a question to be answered. And Mitch, what are you going to be uh, keying off off the open or early or for the entire session? Yeah, at least uh, as of late, I've been keeping a really close eye on Microsoft just to see when that could finally get that nice big green bar back and show me that, you know, some buyers really want to step up into that chart. For NVIDIA, I'll be watching if we could just hold 450. Um, so I think that we could definitely reach there. I wouldn't be anywhere near thinking about shorting without it at least touching 450s. It touched it in the pre-market. I have 449.99. Do you have that, Joel? Um, uh, for um, Nvidia, uh, 449.99. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's I mean, I'm not seeing. I'm seeing a close there. Psychological levels 450. The next daily high I see is 452.42. So that yeah. would be, and we haven't hit that yet. 450, after seeing this thing near 400 yesterday, and you're seeing this thing near 450 today, I mean, I don't know what kind of two-day move you're looking for. I don't know what your expectations are for NVIDIA earnings. If you wanted to buy the dip, you had, you know, a couple days to do it. But uh, no, I'm just, I'm just amazed by this. And uh, we'll see if it could just, first things first, let's take out the pre-market high at uh, 447.93 in the psychological 450 level. Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up. We're going to, uh, we've already talked extensively about the support in the S&Ps. Uh, on tomorrow's show, uh, Dennis is going to be excited about that. We're going to be bringing on uh, Joe Saluzzi, who's going to be oh, talking nice about the recent recent changes here in, in market structure, what, uh, what you're going to do to the HFTs and what's on the SEC's mind. So, Everyone, thanks for joining us this morning here, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, same time, same place. All right, guys, stay tuned. Uh, you still got more for you guys right here. We'll have live trading coming up next. Don't go anywhere. I will not be on live trading today. You still got Lord Ryan, and, of course, my man Nick Brown will be on there covering some news. Don't go anywhere, team. That's coming up right now. I'll see you guys later today on Start Swing Trade. We'll see what happens in the market. Stay safe out there.